Once again, it is a joy to see you all today. Before I get started, I want to just extend my welcome to Alex and Miranda Clary for being here today, for being with us, making First Presbyterian Church of San Antonio their, their new church home, their new base of ministry. I got to meet these folks a few months ago during the interview process and just fell in love with them from the beginning. But I can also tell you from a very personal and selfish standpoint that it's so nice to have at least two more South Carolina Gamecock fans in the congregation. They are few and far between around here, and so it is great to have you all here. And I, I will say that you know, it's, when we went to look for a new youth director for our church, this was a very personal decision for several of us on the staff because we have children in this ministry, and I just could not feel more confident about Alex's leadership, Becky's leadership, Mac and Emily's leadership. We just are so pleased. And we thank you, Miranda, for coming and for being a part of our community. And while I'm thanking people this morning, I want to I thank our choir for the way they w- lead us in worship every week. I mean, our, our music department is outstanding. You know, music is such an integral part of our worship service. Every week, Our choir, our music department amplifies our worship with songs, with anthems that both lift our spirits and open our hearts. You know, the music that we share and the songs that we sing are critical not only to our worship, but to our identity as the church of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you a question. How many of you all have not just a favorite song, but maybe a song that you might consider a theme song. Now, a lot of people will talk about this in terms of a couple. That you know, They'll say that maybe my husband or my wife, together we have our song. It's kind of our theme song that, that they like to hear, that they like to dance to. But, but maybe your theme song is something else. Maybe it's, it's the fight song from your school. Maybe you know, whenever you, you hear the eyes of Texas, your, your, mouth, your, your eyes just begin to swell or, or your heart begins to beat a little faster or, or whatever, you know, whatever song it is from your alma mater that rises up in you. Maybe it is just some song that you identify with a great time in your past, or maybe you played on a team and your team adopted a theme song. I remember when I was a, a football player in high school, our team would always come busting out through that big banner to the tune of Wagner's Flight of the Valkyries. Man, we thought we were sophisticated and intimidating. But it was always very cool to hear that music just start playing at full volume. Maybe your theme song is a hymn that lifted you up in a time of your greatest grief. Maybe it gave you the words to sing when you didn't know what to say. Or maybe your theme song is just a song that came on the radio at a critical point in your life and said exactly what you needed to hear. So what's your theme song? Do you have a theme song? And as you think about that question, remember, music is not just personal. Very often, great movements have a theme song associated with them. The Reformation had a mighty fortress as our God. The abolitionists and the slave fighters, those who undid the slave trade, had amazing grace. Our nation has the star-spangled banner and the battle hymn of the Republic. The Civil Rights Movement had, We Shall Overcome. You know, a theme song tells people who we are, 
And it tells people what we believe. It announces our presence and it lets people know it declares our purpose. Well, this week, our nation sets aside a day to remember the struggle and work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, we can't forget that the civil rights movement was not only a movement of great speeches. It was also a time of great singing. At the end of his famous sermon, perhaps his most famous sermon, his I Have a Dream speech in Washington, D.C., Dr. King encapsulated his entire groundbreaking sermon with the words of a song. He said, when we let freedom ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are freed at last. That was the, the song and the soul of that movement. So at the beginning of a new decade, what is our theme song? Not only as First Presbyterian Church, but as the Church of Jesus Christ. And what is your theme song as a follower of Jesus Christ? Now that's a question that's been bothering me ever since I read our passage for today. As we continue our series on the second part of the book of Isaiah, ask yourself this. What is the song that God wants me and wants us to sing. Beginning in the fifth verse of the 42nd chapter of Isaiah. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and, and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants. Let the desert and its cities lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy and let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praise in the coastlands. The Lord goes out like a mighty man, like a man of war, he stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Let us pray. O oh Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For it is in the name of your Son, our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. In 587 B.C., 
The armies of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon broke through the walls of Jerusalem. They put the city to the torch and they leveled its fortifications. The temple was raised to its foundations. And the people were slaughtered. And those who were not put to the sword were hauled off to Babylon in chains. Israel was in ruin. And the people were broken and bitter. We actually have a recording, or rather have written down, one of the songs that expressed the feeling of the people of Israel while they were in exile in Babylon. Psalm 137 is an ancient song that captures the broken spirit of God's people. Listen to these words. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung our, our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them upon the rock. That is a raw and desperate song of anger and deep shame, of frustration and humiliation, a song of deportation and helplessness, of rape, of slavery and death. It's a song of violence and revenge. It's a song of memory, remembering the things that the people wished they could forget. And that was their song for a hundred years of ruin and exile. But in the midst of that ruin, the prophet Isaiah said, you know what? God has a new song for you. A song of restoration. Isaiah said, Thus says God, the Lord, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and I will keep you. With the same voice that formed the earth by His Word, God promised to restore His people. After a century in exile, they just wanted to go home and start their lives over. But you know what? God had something more in, plan, in mind. His plan was bigger than that. God wasn't just going to take them home. He was going to restore their purpose. He was going to restore His promise to make Israel the light of His truth and the arm of His compassion to all of the nations of the earth. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. You see, Israel was ruined because she'd forgotten her purpose. As the people had become more powerful and more prosperous, they became more self-absorbed. They'd forgotten that God had chosen Israel out of all the tribes of the earth to be a whole nation of missionary people. Missionary people declaring His truth in a world of ignorance and confusion and lies. 
missionary people showing God's love in a world of violence and apathy and injustice. And you know what? God was also saying, it's not all about you. You are not chosen to be a people of privilege. You are called to be a people of purpose. God told Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. But he didn't stop there. He says, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing in you. All of the families of the earth, not just your family, but all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. The Apostle Peter summarizes the holy purpose of Israel. He says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Israel was supposed to be God's missionary people, declaring His work and declaring His truth to every nation, to every tribe, and to every tongue. But instead, the nation had become completely self-centered, indistinguishable from its neighbors, And the people lost interest in God's will for their lives. So God said, it's time for me to restore your mission. And I'm not just going to restore your mission. I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to give you a new theme song. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the end of the earth. First of all, why a song? Well, God's restoration is described as a song because He wants to restore His purpose. But not just in their minds, but in their hearts. He doesn't want them just to remember their purpose. He wants it to be right down in here. Music teaches us on a deeper level than words alone. So often music is the vehicle in which truth rides. Songs are the language of the heart. And God wants them to feel it. He's not just giving them a new creed to change their minds. He wants to give them a new song to change their hearts. You see, songs are often an expression of what we really want most. They're an expression of the deepest affections, and desires of our hearts. What do we usually sing about? What does our culture sing about? Sadly, you turn on the radio, you're going to hear that most of our songs are about sex, and money, romantic love, anger, power, living without authority or restriction. It doesn't matter the type or the genre from country to crooners, from rock and roll to rap, listen to the music on the radio and you'll hear what we want and value most. I mean, honestly, outside of church, how much of our music talks about the holiness of God? That's why God wants to change our songs. He wants to change our hearts so that what we will want most is Him. And so God has a new song for us. And God's new song of restoration is first 
a song about Him. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praise in the coastlands. He wants us to sing on earth as they sing in heaven, where day and night they sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. The new song is a song of love for God because the first step to restoration is wanting God more than the self and the stuff that we usually sing about. As John Piper has said so many times, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. What that means is that we will have the most joy in our lives when what we want most is Him. God wants us to sing for His glory because He wants us to want Him more than self and more than stuff. He knows that He can provide more joy and satisfaction than everything else put together. We have this huge hole in our lives, this infinite hole in our lives. And what can fill an infinite hole except an infinite God? Until we try to fill that hole with Him, we will always be empty, we'll always come up short. And so He knows that He can provide more joy and satisfaction than everything else put together. Our restoration begins with our heart and our love for God. So many of our problems, so many of the problems that we have in our lives start out as spiritual problems. They begin as spiritual problems of greed or lust or sloth or envy, any of those things. And then they become marital relationship problems, health problems parenting problems, intimacy problems, addiction problems, mental and physical health problems, even money problems start out as spiritual problems and they grow until they ruin us. So God says that the new song needs to start with your love for me and my love for you. But the new song is not just a song of love for God. It's a song of love for others, for people. He says, I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. The new song that God gives is a song of glory to Him. And it's a song of peace for all the people of the earth. To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. There are so many ways that we imprison ourselves and one another. There are prisons in which we put ourselves, prisons that we put others and prisons in which, we have put, in which others have put us. Prisons of mind, prisons of heart, prisons of spirit as well as body. Poverty is a prison. Guilt and grief are prisons. Lust is a prison. Addiction is a prison. Temptation is a prison. Depression and anxiety are prisons. Political and legal injustice are prisons. But God's song is a song of freedom, and it's a song of peace. And He has made us the light of His truth and the arm of His compassion to break people out 
of those prisons that we see every day. Our lives are supposed to be a song that tells people who we are and what we believe. So I have to ask myself, does the song of my life say that God matters? Or does it say that He doesn't matter? Does it say that I bet my life on Him? That I take Him seriously? Or that He's really just a big joke? Does the song of my life say that God is the God of cruelty and judgment? Or a God of love and grace? Does it give glory to God alone or give more attention to the idols of money, technology, self, fame, and lifestyle? Does it sing about God's grace and its truth? Or does it pander to the spirit of the age? Is my song all about me? Or does the song of my life say that other people matter, that my neighbors matter, that my brothers and sisters in Christ matter? Does the song that I sing bring prisoners out of their dungeons or open blind eyes to the truth of God's grace and power. You see, God's new song of restoration is not just about my personal salvation. It's also about the restoration of my neighbors. It's about, the rest, about restoring peace and justice in the community and society. Because I can't be fully restored while my neighbor's life is still in ruin. This is about the restoration of neighborhoods and schools and housing, of health care and employment and race relations, and especially about the restoration of families. It's recognizing that our biggest problems as a country start as spiritual problems and then grow into economic, political, and social crises. And so we can't separate our social issues and systems from the gospel or our spirituality from the health of our community. As the old preacher once said, the only agenda that can heal and reconcile America is not the agenda of the donkey or the elephant. It is the agenda of the lamb. Do we believe and sing that song? You see, God's plan for the Israelites and God's plan for us was not just to take the Israelites home but to take them back to where they were supposed to be. Not just where they used to be, but where they were supposed to be. And God's vision of restoration for us in our time is not a vision about making our lives what we want them to be. It is a vision for making our lives what God made them to be. We need a new song for our world. We need a new song for our lives, but we cannot sing the Lord's song unless we're ready to change our tune. Reverend Dr. Samuel Rodriguez is the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. He preached this. He said, in order to sing the new song, we must recognize the old song already stands played out. For we have all heard the old song, the song of hatred, the song of sin, the song of racism, intolerance, fear, division, strife, and brokenness. We've all heard the old song, the song of moral relativism, cultural decadence, spiritual apathy, and church lukewarmness. But praise God, we as gatherers and followers of Jesus Christ are gathered to follow, to declare that we are not a people of the old song, but we are the voices of the new song. 
And so to the singers of the old song, we raise our voices in perfect harmony in the key of grace, and we sing the following, that for every Pharaoh there is a Moses, for every Goliath there must be a David, for every Nebuchadnezzar there must be a Daniel, for every Jezebel there must be an Elijah, for every Herod there must be a Jesus, and for every devil that rises up against us, there is a God that is mightier that rises up for us. The old song created a vision of self and stuff. But through Jesus Christ, the old song of brokenness and bitterness and division and revenge is finished. The song by the waters of Babylon is over. And the new song of God's kingdom vision is at hand. Jesus Christ gave His life so that you and I could sing the Lord's song. And if you're still in ruin, if you need a new song, ask Him. Ask Him to change your song. Ask Him to change your heart. Because if you ask Him to change your heart, He will change your song. The psalmist says that the Lord drew me up out of the pit of destruction. He lifted me up out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. And many will see, and many will fear and put their trust in the Lord. When we sing the Lord's song, when we are singing His song, then people will hear it. Their lives will be changed, and He will get the glory. In this congregation, we sing, love Christ, love one another, love the city, our neighbors and the nations. That's our song. That's our anthem. What is your theme song? What's your fight song? Who's it for? Who's it about? Heavenly Father, our country needs a new song beyond division. A song beyond self and stuff. A song that lifts our eyes to You. Oh Lord, we pray not only that Your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, but that we would sing on earth as they do in heaven. That by singing Your song, our lives would be transformed. And if our lives are transformed, O oh Lord, then our communities will be transformed, our families will be transformed, our cities, our countries, and this world will be transformed. O oh Lord, help us to leave the shores of the waters of Babylon and walk back into Your promise and Your purpose. Give us courage to sing Your song with the zeal of the warrior. The One who rises up for us and for Your people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.